Hi there guys, welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your hosts, I'm Bethany. And I'm Crystal. Um, this week we have a pretty popular case that is making its way into the headlines once again. Um, it happened a few years back and now it's actually being reopened and rediscussed. So me and Crystal thought this would be the perfect time to discuss it. And this week Crystal is going to be telling us about the death of Kendrick Johnson. Um, and before we dive into the case, we want to remind you uh, just a few things. Um, first up, we are going to be having our next Twitch stream on April 21st. That is Wednesday coming up here in a few weeks. Um, and the topic is going to be paranormal. Insert spooky music here. And that's where we're going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger. But it will be something spooky, creepy. So watch out for that April 21st on Twitch and you can find us on Twitch at Bayou Chronicles, one word. Um, and as always, you can find us at our social media accounts. Um, we literally love hearing from you guys when you all message into us. It literally makes our day. We are so lame. And if that's lame, we don't want to be cool. It makes us feel famous. It does. Especially since we're starting to, like, mingle with other podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, that I feel like we've made it. But you can find us on Instagram at Bayou underscore Chronicles. Twitter, Bayou Chronicles. And, like, shout out to YouTube because we've gained, like, five subscribers in the past couple of days. And some hate comments. Yeah, we what, did. What, what? Yeah. Even though, literally, if you click the description, the complaint that you're complaining about is literally in our description of the video um but anyways yeah youtube is popping it is bayou chronicles podcast like you guys hear me complain about youtube even though i love youtube you have to put literally all of that in the search bar to pull us up um but hey if you guys go drop us a sub on youtube maybe it'll just put us like right on the front of the suggestion when you start typing in bayou That'd be nice. Um, that would be awesome. And, uh, yeah, and you should definitely head over to Twitch and drop a follow so when we go live on the 21st, you can watch us. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pass this one on over to Crystal. Okay, guys, let's dive in. You know I like to always give you guys, like, warning labels, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really weird about this doing this case because I feel like I'm not going to do it justice because I feel like there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So I'm going to try my hardest to do a good job. Um, Most of my research from this case actually came from um, documents like affidavits, um, autopsy reports, you name it. I was tracking it down online and a whole bunch of news articles, which I or can be problematic as a researcher, but mm. I did my best. It's that whole freedom of speech thing. And yes. Sometimes this like you could, speech... I could find like three news articles that all said drastically different things over the same like comment. So it's crazy, but I did my best. So on January the 11th, 2013, students at Lowndes High School were hanging out in their gym. And Lowndes High School actually had two gyms. Um, An old one and a new one. And strangely enough, as I looked this up, apparently a lot of schools had this. I was homeschooled in high school, so... That sounds bougie as hell. Like, I'm just going to say it. Um, Well, my school was so old. Just, like, decrepit, smelled like mold. And, I mean, it was two stories, so I guess, like, we're on the upper scale. 
but we literally had one old gym, and, like, mm. when homecoming came around, uh-huh. we weren't allowed to wear high heels or anything that could scuff up the gym floor because they did not have money to, like, buff or wax or clean it for, like, the basketball <laughs> game. So, like, the thought of two... Two gyms. Like, an old one, yeah, and then a oh new God. one. I guess they just got money at some point and made a new yeah. gym. But apparently this gym was, like, the old gym was on the smaller side, like... Okay. It, it wasn't huge. It was just a smaller gym. Um, and students actually use this gym um, quite often as, like, a walkway from, like, one side of the school to the other. So, like, rather than going one way, they would just cut through the gym to get to the other side. I, so, I assumed by the way people were talking that, like, when they built, like, the new gym, they built, like, a whole other side of the school, maybe. And it was just quicker to get through the gym to get there. That's just kind of what I thought. That sounds good. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, my schedule was literally one class upstairs, the next class downstairs. Like, I went up and downstairs all oh, day my long. My best friend went to a really, the big high school here, Bird. And I remember her always talking about how there's, like, eight trillion floors. And you had five minutes to get from one class to the other. And you'd have one class on the first floor and another class on the fourth floor. And it was impossible to get there in time. I'm not going to lie. The one on airline, I know you guys have no idea. What, unless you're <laughs> local, you have no. But the one on airline looks huge. Have you seen Have you seen the new parkway? Mm-mm. It's like, oh, it's massive. It just looks huge. I'm just like, I, I feel like so intimidated. And I'm like, am I kind of glad that I didn't actually go to a public high school? Because I feel very intimidated by that whole. My school is not that big. Yeah. And we also, like. Okay, my, my school was big in the fact that my senior graduating class had 500 students, but... You know how many mine had? I don't understand. One. But, but well, yeah, I mean, hey, it's going to be my kids, so... <laughs> homeschool, I like homeschool, but, like, yeah, I, my school really is not that big to have that many yeah. students. I don't know where we all were. Y'all just... Until graduation day, I was like, where? I've not seen, I've never seen half of you guys. (laughs) But I also went to the college half of the day, so maybe a lot of kids were like me. And they were out, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. I was like, okay, so this is like, I felt the same way. It's kind of a bougie school. They got two gyms. Um, But on this particular morning, two sisters were in the gym for a class. And they were sitting on top of giant rolled up mats in the corner. Um, and to give you a better description of mats, um, pretty much anyone who's ever been to school knows what I'm talking about. Like, you know, in gym class or PE, you have like the tumbling mats, or if you've ever done gymnastics, you have like the tumbling mats. You have no idea what I'm talking about? I do. I've just never did anything. You never did those? Okay. So we had them at class so you didn't like fall and break a bone okay. when you did tumbling. I always saw the cheerleaders use them. Yes. The cheerleaders okay. use them a lot because yeah. they do a lot of tumbling. So they were like, you like wrestlers use them too. Just anything that's okay. going to be kind of like a rough. I was a bro, I was a bro girl. I was playing basketball and yeah. stuff like that. But I was talking. Yeah, the- I didn't do any of that. I I was the almost cheerleader. Kind of wanted to do that thing, but then didn't do it. But I mean, I know what you're talking about because the cheerleaders would practice like yes. on the side and use them. Yes. So and yes. they're pretty heavy. Yes, they're they're heavy. So. These were rolled up, like, they were just rolled up, and they were stacked in a corner, like, vertically in a corner. And on this particular morning, there was, like, a bunch of them. Because this was the day, well, this is technically two days after school had resumed after winter break. Okay? So, everybody's getting back in, and they're also on a block schedule. So, 
We they, had, yeah, they we had, had like that, the yeah. class, one class some mm-hmm. days, and then Wednesday or Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, you'd have another class, yeah. whatever. Um, so they were in the class for this, and they thought, one of them thought they saw something, like, sticking out of one of the mats, and they were like, what is that? And so she kind of, like, walked over, got a little bit closer, and that's when she noticed what she thought looked like feet sticking out, because it was just, like, socks, and she was like, that's really weird. So she called to the person and was like, hey, do you need some help? And they didn't answer. And so, while, like, the person didn't answer, more people started coming over and trying to figure out, like, what was going on. And they eventually went and got a teacher. And this teacher is Coach Philip Pipelow. I guess that's how you say his name. That's how I want to say it, Pipelow. Um, And he went over and found the person in the mat and, again, was trying to help this person get out, but the person wasn't answering. Um... When he couldn't get the person out, like, by, like, pulling on them or whatever, they ended up moving a bunch of the rolled mats away from it. Because this, best way to describe it is, like, imagine, like, 15 rolled mats that are huge. And this rolled mat happens to be, like, at the back of all this stack closest to the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's pretty far back there. So they start moving some of the other ones away so that they can get to this person. Well, once he got it down, it was vertical, but they tilted it back down so it was horizontal so they could try to get the person out. But as soon as he tilted it horizontally and went to go, like, try to get him out, that's when, like, the smell hit him um, of whoever was inside. And that's when he knew the person was dead because of the smell. I've, I've never smelled that smell. But... I mean, I don't know what a decaying body smells like. I don't like. know. Zach has tried to describe it to me, even though he doesn't like to talk about it. But he just basically says it's just like the worst possible smell you obviously smell mixed with like body fluids. Because you release yes. all that. Yes. And it's awful. Yeah. I don't know that I ever actually want to smell it. I don't. I'm perfectly comfortable never smelling it. The only dead bodies that I've ever been around have are ones that are either like recently deceased like just happened or they've already been embalmed so those are my those are my two i've not been i don't even know like Like, honestly zach comes home and tells me some stories that he probably is not supposed to uh thanks to uncle sam see but it just i i don't know how you're not trying to find out every single detail because i would be literally sitting there be like okay tell me more there's some i don't (sighs) and if you guys are new and this is your first episode my husband is a firefighter in the air force um, but he's also medically trained, so he goes in a lot of times with the medics, and honestly, some of the stories I've heard, like, literally, like, keep me up at night, and keeps him up at night, um, but I used to be like that. I used to be like, <laughs> like, when he first joined, and we were, like, you know, living overseas, and I was like, tell me everything. How were the past two days? Because they worked two days on, and he would tell me, and it would just be, like, our little time, and then I was like, I don't think you're supposed to be telling me some of this stuff. <laughs> and now I'm just like, only tell me if you need to, like, decompress. Decompress. And shout out to antidepressants. I but... feel like it would be more of, like, at a, at a point, it would almost be like, tell me only the really, like, weird ones. Like, something that's, like, really strange that you've never seen before. Um, 
I'm not telling you to tell me. I'm saying that's how I would be. That's how I felt. I will tell you the point that made him stop telling me is at our, at the first base we were at overseas, one of the commanders was very suicidal. Like, Uh he was literally telling them, like, I'm going to kill myself. Don't leave me alone. So, like, me and Crystal talk a lot about mental health on here, and we take it very seriously. And so does my husband. Like, he's very open about that. And he wanted to, like, keep somebody on guard. He kept recommending because they kept going to his house because if you do that, you know, firefighters and the medics have to come check on you. Yeah. Well, they left him alone. And nobody checked on him for two days. And for you guys that don't know, we were stationed in Guam, a very tropical, hot island. And... I had, my husband had to find a decomposing two-day-old, actually it was more, more close to three-day-old body. So oh, that's horrible. That was the first time he had to, like, describe to me, like, what yeah. a dead body. So I can imagine what this coach, like, Like, I can't even. I can't. Into. I cannot imagine. So after that, I was like, yeah, I think maybe we'll just keep the stories to a minimum. Yeah. Like, if he de- he's delivered a couple babies. So, like, I like that's listening. Cool. I would like yeah, listening Yeah, I that. like listening to those stories. But I was like, yeah. Well, yeah, decompress, yes, but maybe we'll... Let's focus on the good stuff. So, yeah, like, I I can't imagine what the coach I think I would like to hear more of the stories of where he saved someone. Like, tonight I saved this person's life. Tonight I delivered this baby. I think that's a little bit... I feel like that would... I feel like focusing on that would probably be a little more healthier than... Spokes on yeah, the bad things. Yeah, he's some good ones. But, yeah, that's definitely the one that I was like, mm. Mm, Okay, thanks. Yeah, because then we got, because I didn't, I literally did not know that, like, you release your bowels. Like, oh, yes. Die. Yes. I don't know why, like, well, back then I was 19. Well, 19-year-old naive me didn't know that. And yeah. he was like, yes, he pooped and peed all over himself. Uh-huh. And we had to walk in it. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, thanks, but... Any, no thanks. Anyways, I know we're grossing you out. I'll I let Crystal get back to it. But Sorry. yeah, that when I hear people talk about the smell of death, it like literally brings that story Ugh. back up to my mind. Ugh. Okay. Anyway. Well, back to the story. Earlier that morning, across the school in the main office, Jackie Johnson was informing the school that her son Kendrick was missing. Um, staff in the office were helping her print out missing person flower, flyers that she could post around town and kind of just talking to her in general, checking, you know, she was checking to see if he had been to any of his classes the day before, like all kinds, of, just being a mom because um, she was obviously worried. Um, it was shortly after, like after this time that staff in the office received word that a body was actually found at the school. Police responded, and they were already, police were already on their way to the school because they had got the call that um, Jackie was reported, that had reported her son missing, and she was at the school, and they, you know, were starting to investigate, and it was on their way to the school that they received the call that a body had been found at the school. So they were already on their way. It was like, you know, killing two birds with one stone. Yes. Like, yeah, he... They probably were already thinking it was him. Yes. And so um, they they got there, and the responding officer noted that when he saw the mat, which was about approximately three feet in diameter, with a pair of legs in jeans and white socks. 
And that's all he could see sticking out of the mat that was rolled up. Um, but that he could faintly smell the scent of death and knew right away that there was nothing that could be done to help this person. By the time, after a few minutes of him getting there and assessing this, the scene, that's when paramedics and first responders arrived and they noted that rigor mortis had already set in. So that was a clue to them that he had been dead for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, tucked beneath the legs of the body were a pair of shoes and then a single black sneaker was found several feet away from the body. Um, and by several feet, I mean like, may, I'm gonna, I'm really bad at judging distances, but maybe like 10 feet. There is a video that you can watch online, or actually on YouTube, that is like crime scene footage and warning graphic. It does show his body, but it's still wrapped up in the mat. But it's basically them showing and documenting the entire gym and what the gym looked like when they got there um, and everything. And you can see that beside some of the bleachers, there is just a shoe just laying there. Um, and they zoom in on it. And then over by his body, there is a um, another single black sneaker, the match to the one that was found away from his body, um, with blood underneath it. Which, again, is weird, but hang on with it. It's, it's just like, it looks like a picture. Have you seen the picture of it? Mm -hmm. It's just a picture yeah. of like this blood spot. And there's a black sneaker with white trim laying on top of it. Not like directly on top of it, but kind of like, it's probably on about a fifth of the blood stain, kind of off to the corner, but it's on it. It's on top of it. But there is no blood on top of the sneaker. It's only underneath it. Um, Which basically says he walked through his blood or something in that well, general... Maybe. This, so far, yeah, as we're yeah. going through the story. Um, but it wasn't long before police knew that it was most likely the body of the missing teenager, Kendrick Lamar Johnson. Kendrick, or KJ, as his family called him, and I pretty much call him that in this too, because every interview, they call him Kendrick once, but all of his family and friends referred him as KJ. Um was reported missing in the early hours of January the 11th. According to his mom, Jackie, KJ was supposed to be going to a basketball game after school and would be calling a family member for a ride home. When he never came home, um, when he never called and didn't come home, she got worried, like a mom, mm -hmm. and she decided that she was just going to go out looking for him. She drove to the school and the route that he would have taken to get home, um, and she couldn't find him anywhere. Um, at 12 a.m., that's when she ultimately decided that she was just going to call 911 and report him missing. Mm -hmm. According to family and friends, KJ was a jokester, was a goofy person. He was quiet, but he really loved playing sports and he was really close to his family. Mm -hmm. One of the most popular pictures that people share of him is actually him in his basketball uniform. Mm -hmm. Overall, he was a good kid, good grades, had friends, just a typical kid, like his typical 17-year-old kid. Like, I feel, I feel like me and Crystal say this every <laughs> single time, but it's always the sweet ones. Mm -hmm. It's always the angels, the, the good people that we need in the world 
are, are the ones that are gone. Gone. Yes. It all. It just. It inevitably it's seems that just, way. Ugh. Pe- police almost immediately called this accident. Called this whole thing an accident. Um, but family members and other members of the community were a little bit suspicious about how quickly that ruling was made and that it was so quickly just announced as an accident and thought perhaps that this call was incorrect. According to the police, KJ went over to the mats to retrieve a pair of shoes that he had hid there to avoid having to pay for a locker. Because at this school, in order to have a locker, you had to pay like a locker fee. I think this is dumb, but you do. And so him and this other kid were sharing this pair of shoes for their, I think it was for their wrestling class or whatever. So they were sharing um, this pair of shoes and this is where they hid. So my school did that as well. Mm -hmm. It was at the beginning of the year and it was only $5 for the whole year. I don't know how much this one was. I never found anything about how much it was. But... But I, I still mean, think it's stupid. Thinking about it now, yeah, as an adult, like, it's been some time since me or Crystal have been in school. Um, like, we were already graduated mm-hmm. when this happened. Like, I was already married and <laughs> about to have my first child. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, now thinking about it, I'm like, I really paid $5 every year for me to hold my own books and yes. backpack. And my, but, yeah, I mean. That, it's kind of dumb. That was smart of yeah. him. But, but so mean, him and his friend hid a pair of shoes in this rolled up mat. And typically this mat was laid horizontal on the ground. And so what they would do is they would just throw the shoes inside the center of the mat and go about their days and when the next person needed them they would just go in and grab them out i would be nervous though like what if they used that mat and unrolled it and then somebody else took it see i thought about that too that's exactly what i thought about but i kind of thought that maybe what this was is like maybe they didn't use these mats very often Mm -hmm. and that's why they were there and that's what was such a good hiding spot for them but then that also makes it weird how his body was found in the very back. Yeah, so it, the whole thing is kind of strange to me, and I really thought hard about that. But I just chalked it up to one of those small town, yeah, I mean high school things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just what I chalked it up to. But over the break, like I said earlier, the mats were stacked so that the one that he put his shoes in was buried behind a bunch of other ones. They, so, they probably moved them during yes. break to clean. Yes, that's you know? what I was thinking. I think that's what, I mean, I feel like that's what they do during breaks. They deep clean everything. Yeah. yeah. Rather than pull the mats away, because they are heavy, and, like, from stuff that I found, sometimes it would take, like, two or three kids at a time just to move one of these mats because they're so heavy. So, rather than him move the mats away, he attempted to crawl, and this is just what police say happened, he attempted to crawl across the mats and then reach down inside to get the shoes. So the mats, while they're rolled up, are about six feet tall. And then Kendrick was 5'10". So he was only two inches shorter than the mat. While reaching in, they say that he got stuck and could not get out. Because of the tight space, they theorize that he suffocated. Um, and... I mention it later on too, but just for frame of reference, the they say that the diameter of the hole was about 13 inches wide, 
and that his shoulder from shoulder to shoulder is 19 inches. Okay, I mean, that's all good and all, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, he got stuck. It's just like that guy I was talking about in the cave that went yes. in that. And, okay, but how does that explain the blood? Okay, I'll get there. We'll get okay. there. All we'll right. get there. I, I just, talk about it. I talk I about it. I know. That's I talk about that, it. you know. I talk about it. So but that does seem plausible. I mean, yes. that's very, yes. That, very good point. But the blood yes. is the only thing I'm hung up on right now. So, I am going to forewarn everyone. I am, let me rephrase that. A lot of podcasts that I've listened to about this case, or a lot of documentaries i listen to about this case, Give the facts, or what they claim to be facts, but don't actually follow up on it. So, a lot of claims about this case can be refuted quite easily. And I am just going to tell you what I found. If this is not correct, or if you don't think this is correct, please come for me. Please say what you want to say. I'm just telling you what I found based off of my investigation of the research that I found. My interpretation of it, sorry. But also, I don't like podcasts like that. That just spout random facts. I, I mean, more power to you, but, like, I know, and I speak for me and Crystal, we like to come on here and speak the truth for the victims. Even though, in this case, this was basically ruled an accident, mm. so there's no victim, it's just... A very unfortunate death. Yeah. But we don't like to get on here and, like, put all of our emotions into it. Yeah. Because then that strays away and it takes away from the person. And a lot of times people just come on here and they say, they do a two-second Google search and they're like, well, that must be what happened and how yeah. it happened. And I don't, I don't want to make it feel like I am one way or the other, but I feel like I would not be doing my due diligence as a researcher if I did not present the bad with the good. Exactly. Like, I, I hate to say it like that, and I don't want anyone to think that I am focusing on the bad, but I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about this case, and I feel like there's a lot of gossip and rumors let's say that and i think there's a lot of stuff that one person said one thing and then we never hear about the follow-through with it that, so that freedom of speech man sometimes yes. sometimes sometimes it can be bad yes so as i said the johnson family refused to let kendrick's death be quickly settled as an accident without a proper full investigation as they should yeah this is their son. They deserve answers. The day after KJ was found, the family got in contact with Reverend Floyd Rose, who was a member of Val Valdosta Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Valdosta. 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 It's a, it, yeah, yeah. It could. It was weird. <laughs> I couldn't say it for the longest time. Um, they asked him to lead a private investigation into KJ's death. Together with the Johnson family, um, Reverend Rose raised over $5,000 during a fundraiser to be used as a reward for information about KJ's death. This reward was never set up, but the private, private investigation continued. I do want to make note that um, the Johnson family's lawyers state that Reverend Rose stole this money. Reverend Rose says that the family received the money but never set up the 
reward. And a private businessman did um, offer a $10,000 reward for information involving this case to be used within 90 days. Mm. But the Johnson family refused to accept that reward money because they claimed that the businessman who was offering the money was related to someone involved in the case when that wasn't even the fact. The two people just shared the same last name. They weren't actually related. That's so, a whole bunch of he said, she, she said. Yes. So I am just telling you what is being reported. I'm not telling you what they did. That is just it's being reported. Not long after this investigation started with the SCLC, geez, it's really hard to say, um, the NAACP, yeah. lawyer Leah Touchton, all these acronyms, I'm sorry, you guys, was chosen to lead another investigation on behalf of the NAACP. Mm-hmm. Police and lawyers from Lowndes County School Board requested video footage from the school from over 40 different cameras. I know, it's crazy. The Johnson family lawyers stated that the school was blocking the release of the videos, but it really seems like, and this to me, like I told you, there's a lot of logical explanations, Mm -hmm. um, was that they were in fact waiting on a court order to release the videos um, due to FERPA laws that prohibit videos of minors to just be released to anybody. Like, because it's a high school and because there's minors, they have to get proper court orders to release I mean, I've had to deal with that before because my mom did a lot of that that because she was trying to make sure my stepdad had no contact with my brother. Mm -hmm. So, like, no information, no pictures, no video would be released of him. So I could see, like, why they have to do that for the other parents. What if one of these children at the school had a, I'm, I'm going to say a crazy-ass parent yeah. out there. Or what if one of them is in some type of state or federal witness protection? Infection. Like, there's and, literally and, list goes and on. And y'all run this on the news. I mean, yes, they want, we really want to do this for KJ, and we want to get that out there, but you, they, the school had to think yes. of all the other kids. So I, I'm, yes. with, I'm with the school on that one. Yes. So that was really and truly why it took so long, because there's a lot of speculation out there that the school was holding back this video so that they could edit the video or alter it in some kind of way. But it seems to me that the most logical explanation is that it literally just took time in court because you had to get this court order. It's also hard to do that. It has time stamps. Yes. So, I mean. Yes. Family members and lawyers for the family were actually invited several times up to the school board to view the videos personally, but they never came to see them. Um, It was ultimately the school board and the county that applied for the court order to release the tapes, not the family or the lawyers for the family in the investigation. Um, Once the tight, like once the tapes are released, that was when they realized that there were large chunks of time missing from the tapes. And this is when that conspiracy of them editing the tapes comes into play. Sometimes it was like well over an hour in some places, but according to the school board, the cameras in the school were actually motion censored and that they only recorded when there was movement, 
Um, and so that would explain the lack of continuous recording. That is actually super smart. Yes, and their reasoning was it just saved it, it saved, saved time. Space. And it saved if you yeah. wanted to look for something, you weren't having to look at this blank 10-hour span. That's actually you, very smart because there, there's not going to be anything to record if there's nobody in front of the camera. So the motion sensor, if anybody walked in front of it, is automatically exactly. going to That's actually really smart. So that is why they claim that there are, like, big gaps of time is because there was nobody there. Nobody was moving. If it's truthful, though. That's what I'm saying. If, if it's, it's truthful. But, but then, like I, like, but like I said, I feel like there's two lenses that we can look through this whole case at. We can look at it through this conspiracy driven everybody's guilty and it's a whole big government cover-up or we can look at it through a what is the rational logical explanation for this case Eventual and I, think, I feel like there's like a gray area a little bit but I feel like those are the two main lenses that we can look at this case through and depending on which one you look through it it's, you come to a different conclusion it's just hard when you just I can see. They just lost a child, so it's it's It's, it's hard, tough. yeah. So after the first autopsy, it showed that KJ died from accidental positional aphaxia. I cannot say that asphyxia. word. Asphyxia. Asphyxia. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I don't even know what I just said. Aphaxia. I, I, feel, like, I feel like from now on I'm going to say that. As asphyxia. Asphyxia. That is the word I'm trying to say. Thank you for that. Um basically what they were saying again it's like at the beginning i mentioned he got stuck he couldn't move his body there really wasn't enough there wasn't enough room for him to move around and him being suspended upside down at the, that point the blood basically rushed, rushed to, his, to his, head. his head yeah he couldn't really move to get out and he eventually died <sighs> the family felt that this was impossible and not correct and requested that his body be exhumed, and a second autopsy was performed in June of 2013. In my notes, I have 3013, but we're not going to say no. <laughs> oh my God. We're just going to keep going. Um, and this was six months after his death. This autopsy was performed by William Anderson, who concluded that KJ's cause of death was blunt force trauma to the right neck. So, a huge difference from positional, what's my word? Asphyxia. Asphyxia. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we're going to need a loop of her saying that for TikTok because it's so cute and just innocent. And I know she's she's trying her best. I'm guys. trying. She's... Asphyxia. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. If we take turns. I mess up some days and then she... It, this is what you're getting at. This is why we need a shirt that says don't edit that out. Yep. I think that's our I think <laughs> that's our shirt. first yeah, thing our tagline. Don't yeah. edit that out. Anderson ruled this as the cause of death based solely on a two to three centimeter bruise that was found on the side of KJ's neck. So just for people who don't use the metric system, that's like less than like an inch. It's like Fairly visible, but uh, a lot. Uh, me and Crystal watch too many crime shows. <laughs> yes, bruises and stuff, especially if it happened like post mortem or like pre mortem or something like that. Not always when the coroners and stuff or the medical examiners perform these autopsies are bruises going to show up on the body. 
So it does make sense when sometimes bodies are exhumed and, you know, they do another autopsy. So the first medical examiner may not have have seen seen that. And I couldn't find anything, any records from the actual first autopsy. I couldn't find those anywhere. So I don't know if that was ever mentioned in the first autopsy. I only found the second and third autopsy. So I don't know if that was something that the first person even mentioned or saw. I mean, it makes sense. The blood's not flowing anymore, and that's basically what a bruise is, is that is that blood rushing to that injured spot of your body. Yeah. So if it's not flowing, sometimes it doesn't show up so, yeah. till several hours later. So. so I'm not sure. However, um, this was what the family was looking for. Proof in their eyes that KJ had been killed and that this was not an accident. Um, He's also a teenager, though. Yes. Or he could have hit his own neck. I mean, there's just so many... There's a lot. But I will note that there were no broken bones in either his neck or throat. So this was just a bruise. This wasn't I've proof of anything. I've never heard of anybody dying from a bruise. Me either. And that's something that was stated. No one's ever... This This is the first time that someone has ever had a cause of death listed as a bruise, basically. And I mean, no offense to Dr. William Anderson, a bruise is not blunt force trauma. I agree. Um, he does state, though, that KJ was not beaten at the time of his death. Like, he he was never, he was not beaten up. Okay. And that was something that a lot of people claimed because, again, I'm not going to show the pictures of him. You can go look them up yourself. But uh, I respectfully decline to post those. You can go look them up because they're, gra- they're, like, graphic. But the picture that is posted of him right after he was found... I will admit to you, looks rough. But I think it's important for people who don't have a medical background. I don't, but I researched this a little bit. When you are upside down and you are dead, your blood, well, when you're, when you're dead, your blood settles. Mm-hmm. Like, that's normal. So if you're upside down, where is your blood going to settle? Your head that is just like when Crystal mentioned rigor mortis. This is how people can tell if a body has been moved after they've died. Because your blood settles. Wherever you fall, that is where your blood settles. It is no longer pumping through your veins. Yeah. Your your heart is no longer circulating your blood. So that's how they would be able to tell if you died on your left side. and then your right your, side, your back. Your killer like, moved you. Like our Martha Morgan case. Yes. Me, which she, she died. They say that she died with her back or like laying on the ground in front of a door. But her rigor mortis suggested otherwise. That is our least listened to episode. And it's blow, it blows my it mind is because it is so good. It's me and Crystal's favorite. It's still to this day my favorite episode, and we feel very strongly about that. And it's local to us. It literally happened right down the road from us. And like yeah, I just like I feel like it's the episode that people are just like sleeping on they because are. it is such a good episode. But but, yeah. but to me, that's what I saw when I saw his face was somebody who was suspended upside down. He's going to be swollen. He's going to be puffy. Yes, he's all that blood rushes to your head. Yeah. Think about how much blood is in your body right now that's literally pumping. Now imagine it stops and all goes to one plus he's one a, side. He's a five ten teenage boy. Like, so. 
So, I'm not saying, but anything, but, you know, whatever. Take that for what you want. But it was also during this autopsy that Anderson made the big discovery that people still talk about to this day, which is that all of KJ's organs were missing and replaced with a newspaper. While this was a common practice, like, years ago, it's not something that funeral homes practice today. Like, normally today when they take your organs out, they'll replace it with, like, cotton balls. Or some, some places do sawdust. And that's what they, which I think is weird and, again, is why I want to be cremated. So, me and Crystal mm. have, y'all are probably tired of hearing us, but we have both voiced that this is nothing against... KJ's family or any of y'all that believe in that. My family, I'm sure Crystal's family, very much believes in burial. It is the biggest money maker. Biggest scam. The biggest scam. The funeral homes are taking so much money from us when I just want my body to be burned and grow me into a tree. Right. Tell me why it cost us $9,000 a piece to cremate my parents. Mm. Cremate a piece. Mm. Why does it cost that much money to burn a body? Mm. I don't understand. I, I fully don't understand. I don't understand any of it. But hmm, regardless. And, and, um, and insurance covers nothing. That. Nothing. Yeah. That and you don't you have to pay that before you even get life insurance. Because mm-hmm. life insurance isn't paid. Now granted, I will say this. This is really, really, uh, this is a local company, so I'm not really going to shout them out because I don't know how they feel about being on a true crime podcast, but one of the places that my dad had a life insurance policy for, we called them the next day. They, no questions asked, cut that check and hand delivered it to our house. That, 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 that is very, so that nice. Day. I am totally fine with you shouting them out right now. Like, I, I, think it was, awesome. I think it was Kilpatrick. And they literally, man in a suit, dropped it off and said, we are so sorry for your loss. They, Here is that check. Well, because they already knew that you had just gone through that with mm-hmm. your mother. So, yes. I mean, that, that's a great company right there. Like, when I tell you I was impressed, I was impressed. A lot more impressed than Aflac, who took freaking six months and made us do, like, literally made us track down autopsy reports and get them signed by, like, six different people including, like, past doctors and medical records and stuff, just to give us that one. I was like, screw them. Florida is terrible (laughs) because I have a grandparent right now that's basically, like, in hospice, but not really hospice, and her insurance is covering nothing. So my my grandpa's basically having to front everything out of pocket, so... It's disgusting. It, anyways, anyways. Back, These poor people. But, but, okay, but back to this, though. The newspaper, I know, I met, this is very morbid, and I really hope his parents don't try to cancel me. But, and I'm going to just say this. The whole, I mean, it's terrible that your child has been stuffed with newspaper. But your child is gone. Yeah, at that point. Your child is gone. But, I mean, I think it also depends on how people view the body after death. I'm a personal believer that after the soul is gone, it's gone. It's just a. It's just it's it's just a carcass, basically. It's a meat suit. I'm yes. sorry to say that, but but that person is not there. This was literally just their, for lack of a better term, their earthly vessel. I don't even know. Like it's just it's just a body. Like the person isn't there. So to me, it, there's nothing you can do to that body. That 
is gonna make the person on the in the soul be like, oh my god, don't do that to my body. It does suck that this funeral home was being cheap and they're yes. cutting costs. And that was what some people yeah. speculate that this was is because that funeral home did do KJ's funeral for a much lower cost than they normally would have. Um, but that still doesn't kind of excuse it because some places would actually take those organs and put them in bags and put those bags inside the body. A lot of places did that. But I feel like me and Crystal should clarify. This was, he was already dead because I've seen a lot of news articles and stuff say that his body was found with no organs and these papers stuffed into it. No, no, no. He had already been passed. Autopsy had already been done. And this is when his body was exhumed in buried back or like dug up yes in this, a second autopsy yes this wasn't like some really creepy thing where they found his body in the mat rolled up and they did the first autopsy and found newspapers no because those are those people that get on facebook and click one article and they go yes. and make tiktoks about oh my god they stuffed his body in a mat and shoved newspaper that was absolutely not what happened that is not and now, i've seen that i have personally yes. seen people say that now despite this practice being legal, the Johnson family decided to sue the funeral home. And I think it's more of like a grief thing that they did that. Um, I don't really know how I completely feel about it, and it's not my place to really say how I feel about it, but I think it was more of a grief thing. But I'm just going to leave it at that. It, okay. Bethany wants to say something. <laughs> I say this a lot, and me and my mom talk about it. Why is it anytime something like this, the first thought in a family's mind is, let's sue somebody? I mean, yes, you have your right to, mm -hmm. but that's not going I to bring think... your, your child back. Okay. It's, it's going to make you look like all you wanted from this is money. Okay, I think that a lot of it is misplaced anger. It is. And the reason I say that is because my dad's side of the family was very adamant against, about that too. Like when my dad passed away, because they were trying to find a reason why my dad passed suddenly. You have, I mean, and your like, dad had a heart attack. Yes. I mean, it, it, it happens. It happens. And I think that is kind of the mindset. Like that may not be the exact mindset, but that's what it is. You're trying to find and place blame on something as for whatever it is. Because th you think that that's going to give you some type of release. It, it's just how, like, I mean, what your mom passed from. People yeah. that want to find something that causes cancer, something, yeah. and they go for it. When it's just, let's just remember your family member. Let's yes. Just, I like, don't, like, like, it happens. It, it, it happens. There's not anything I can do about it. There's mm -hmm. nothing you can do about it. Money is not going to bring the person back. Court fees are not going to bring the person back. Like, I don't want to go through the process of all that. Just to prolong my grief. I like, just feel the same, but I think you're right. I, I just feel like they are just grieving so hard. Because they lost their child. It may be, and it's also taking their mind off it. Now they can focus on something, something else. else. And yes. that's the, the lawsuit. Yes, and we all have to remember everyone grieves very differently. So over the course of 2013, Lowndes County, the NAACP, and the SCLC all conducted separate investigations into KJ's death. Eventually, it did get to the Department of Justice, who mm -hmm. did their own investigation as well. Um, but the investigations from the NAACP and the SCLC lasted longer. 
than like the Lowndes County Police Department, but they all ultimately came to the same conclusion, and that was that KJ's death was a tragic accident. As a result of this investigation, um, Leah Touchton, who you know was the lawyer for the NAACP, would eventually resign after discovering that the Johnson family and their lawyers had been lying and giving her misleading info. And she also felt very angry that even despite the ruling that it was a tragic accident, the NAACP was still insisting that this was murder and it wasn't an accident. And she felt kind of betrayed by that because they had had her do the investigation, but they were not trusting that what she did was accurate. I feel so bad for her because you know... I mean, just doing the research and reading up on her, I she was 100% wanted to help this family yes. with the death of their son. And that's just, that's disheartening. Yes, like it was her, like, yes, I read a lot of stuff about her and her ultimate goal from the beginning. And she wanted this because she had been a, a incredible civil rights activist mm-hmm. and wanted to not necessarily show that this was a murder, but she wanted the truth. And she wanted to make sure that this family got their truth. But it kind of also felt like she kind of knew from the, started feeling from the beginning that it was an accident. Yes. And then, and then it's just the family probably just were like, I feel like she just was so upset for the family. That's why she kept wanting to push forward. Yes. But I mean, I and I think, props to her. And I think it is too, is that I think that she knew that there are a lot of times that when a person of color is killed, people are quicker to jump to a conclusion about a case and they overlook a lot of things. And I think that in this case, she wanted to make sure that this didn't happen. She wanted to make sure that every piece of evidence was investigated and everything was followed through and good on her for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would ultimately resign and it was no secret this entire time though, that the Johnson family had suspicions on how KJ died And they were not afraid to accuse those that were involved because there was a pretty big Facebook page at this Mm -hmm. point um, that people were, you know, giving updates on and stuff like that. The first people that they actually publicly accused of being involved in KJ's death were two boys named Brian and Brayden Bell. The Bell brothers attended Lowndes High School and it was said that Brian was friends with KJ. Um... Honestly, this is where all the conspiracy theories really start. So, Rick Bell, who was an FBI agent, was actually the father of Brian and Brayden. And according to the family, Brian and KJ were in a fight shortly before his death. This fight in question that people keep talking about on social media or keep talking about in in podcasts and investigations about this actually happened well over a year before his death and friends stated that the boys have since made up that they you know in that past that year after that that you know kj had spent the night at uh, brian's house that he had spent time with him that they had worked on school projects together and honestly that could all be misleading they could have really hated each other but he was bullying him into thinking that he was his friend I don't think I'll ever know that answer to that question. My my thing on this as a parent is 
I, God forbid, I would rather it be an accident. I wouldn't want to keep pushing it for it to be a homicide, a murder. If, if two autopsies are basically saying it's an, ac an accident, even though he says a little tiny bruise is blunt force trauma. Yes. I, I just, I don't understand. I'm Like you're saying, it's just probably such strong grief and just sadness. But I would rather my child have, it's unfortunate, die from an accident than push for it to be a murder. Yeah. I just, it's grasping at yeah. straws. Now, the family states that the this fight and this bullying is what, you know, led up to either Brian or Brayden killing KJ and disposing of him or hiding his body in the mat. Now, surveillance videos, classmates, and teachers at the time all placed Brian across the school in other classes at the time of death and, and for the rest of the day. So, for the rest of the day, they know where Brian was. Okay. As for Brayden, he was on his way to a wrestling match in another city. It's actually Macon, Georgia. So, a good bit away. For a while there, there were claims that were going around. I've still found them in a couple places that while they say that they left at 12, like at 12, 1230, the travel log that was used for the bus stated that the bus did not leave there, leave there until the afternoon. And that would mean that Braden was still in the school. So basically this was put forward by a travel log that the Johnson family lawyers put out. And it just says that the time that they were supposed to leave was at 4.30. And if they left at 4.30, then that means that Braden was at school the entire time. Well, statements from the team, coaches, faculty who let him out of class early, the bus driver all claim that the bus left around noon or a little bit after noon because they had to report to their practice area for weigh-ins and stuff before noon. Um, and that the time that was listed on this travel form was just what the coach wrote down because he hadn't talked to the driver yet about what time they needed to leave. And he needed to turn in a slip that said, hey, we're, we need the bus for this time or, you know, we need to be there at this time. It was just kind of like a just something, it was like a piece of paper that they had to have. Yeah. And he hadn't had a chance to talk to the driver yet about what time to leave, and so he just wrote down a time. Granted, this does leave some holes and everything, but you would, that would mean that the entire team, the, all the coaches, all the faculty, would and lying. all the drivers were lying. Yeah. So that's a lot that you have to wait that's against. a lot of people to be risking because that would be conspiracy yes if they and came how are you going to convince all these people to commit to go to jail suit. like they're basically taking the risk of going exactly. to jail so there's a lot of misinformation that surrounds this case like i said um and now i want to address the pile of blood that is under the shoe this is the one this part. is your one this is the so one part. it has been shown that this is actually purge fluid that happens when the body dies so what we were talking about okay so when he died he's upside down mm -hmm. he's still going to like when you die this is very graphic and i'm sorry but you're still gonna have fluid come out of your tear ducts mm -hmm. you're gonna have it come out of your mouth 
Because mm-hmm. there's there's all kinds of stuff coming out everywhere. It's very disgusting. Um, and that's what they said that the fluid on the ground actually was. It was purge fluid. Now, as for how the mystery of the the shoe being on top of it, I think that's just a mystery. But in my opinion, what I think happened is that he was able to successfully grab the shoe, but then got stuck and couldn't make his way out. And then when he got stuck, the, the shoe was like, like he, I think, I don't know how to explain what I think happened, but I think that he was in there. He got the shoe and was trying to get out and had the shoe like wedged under him, like in his arm or something so that he could get out. And he was trying to wiggle himself back up and out. That's how he kicked his shoes off because he was trying to get traction. And then after he died, like the rigor mortis sat in, stuff started doing gases, start expanding your body, all kinds of stuff. And I think at that point, that's when the shoe fell and landed on top I just of w- it. I just wish she had set the mat down on its side. I do too, because it could have been completely preventable. It would have been avoided. Now, perhaps the most controversial photo of them all is this very graphic picture of Kendrick that was posted all around Valdosta that, Valdosta, sorry, Mm. that alleged um, to show the beating that Kendrick received. So, if you remember, the autopsy reports said that he did not actually get beaten up. There was no signs of someone hitting him. This picture, at first glance does look like someone has beaten this kid up. I'm not going to lie. It looks really rough. But the picture that's been going around is, in fact, a picture that was taken by an unknown, unauthorized person after Kendrick's autopsy, so after his first autopsy. And basically what this picture is of is when they did the autopsy, obviously they have to get into your brain. Mm -hmm. I don't know know how much y'all know about autopsies. They're gruesome. But what they do is they basically peel your, your entire face, face yeah. forward, okay? And so that's what they did in this picture. They had peeled his face forward, and then they had put it back. And so this picture was before the funeral home were able to, like, basically make him over and make him presentable. I knew since the family was so motivated, you think the family sent somebody in there to take that picture? I wouldn't be surprised. That was my first thought. Mm. Um, but that's what this picture is. So this is a lesson in don't believe everything that you read or see that um, things can be made for a certain agenda. On the World Wide Web. <laughs> on the World Wide Web. Um, but I want to just tell you some of the facts, plain and simple. KJ was in the mat upside down with his shoes kicked off. Plain and simple. That, I mean, that's he how he was. He can't breathe, so yes, he would be kicking his legs. That yes. makes perfect sense. He was in there. Shoes were kicked off, plain and simple. There was blood found on a wall nearby that was tested against him, but it was inconclusive. They did not know who it matched to. They didn't know if it was old blood. They don't know if it's been there for a while. It's a gym with a bunch of teenage kids. That could be a nosebleed, anything. Um, KJ had no signs of being beaten up or attacked or hit. All he had was the bruise. His shoulders measured 19 inches. The inside of the mat measured 13 inches. 
It's amazing he even got okay. any of him yes. inside the mat. Now, something that people, his father did try to recreate it okay. while the mat was horizontal and couldn't fit in. He could only get up to his head. That's not even the same thing, though. But the mat was vertical, and we don't know that he, when he went in, when you put your arms out like this, it compresses his shoulders. Your shoulders can bend in. So no. there's nothing saying that this was this Especially did not if you're double jointed, then it yes. really pushes them in. Yeah. Um in pictures and videos, it also very clearly shows large amounts of space between KJ and the mat. So the video especially that I talked about of them going in the gym when they zoom in onto his body, you can very clearly see the inside of the mat, his body, and then you can see on the other end of it, the gym wall. Like a good, like maybe like, I'd probably say six to eight inches of space. Hmm. So take that for how you want. Um, either way though, I feel like this boy died in the most completely pointless way because if... To me, it boils down to the fact that if this was an accident, if the schools didn't require to pay for locker space, he wouldn't have had to hide his shoes somewhere. Plain and simple. You said it. I mean, but also somebody could come back and say, mine was $5, so his was probably around that. You pay one $5 fee for the year. How do we know, though, that he wasn't living in poverty and couldn't afford $5? That's just something somebody's going to come back at you with. But some families cannot afford $5. Like, like, that's between eating this week or not. That's just, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be coming at something about how he could have just they could have got, gotten together and paid $1 yeah. each or something. But and I mean, shared a locker. But but Chris was right. We shouldn't have. I mean, I didn't think about it till just sitting here talking about it. I just paid the paid money. Paid your $5 fee. But me and Zach shared one. So, yeah. I mean, but she's right. Our, our kids shouldn't have to pay to use a locker at school. Yeah. Well, as of this year, 2021, this case has officially been reopened by the new sheriff of Lowndes County who has requested all the documentation from the Department of Justice in connection to KJ's case. While the official cause of death remains that remains an accident, who knows what this new case will reveal. At the time of writing this, though, and recording this, it was recently revealed that an unnamed person sold a member of Johnson's family a recording that is some type of confession to killing KJ. This isn't the first time that they've received a type of confession. There was a written confession several years ago, but nothing really came of it. It seemed like it was just something that someone faked. Clickbait. Yeah. But investigators have not released um, any other information regarding the recording, um, just that that the Johnson family has turned it over to police. On a personal note, though, I will remark that I think it is completely pointless to feed into conspiracy theories. And I know that's kind of hypocritical because we do talk a lot on this podcast about them. But I feel like we talk about them in all good fun. Like, we talk about crazy ones. It's not about death. It's other stuff. We talk about the Mandela effect. And, like, if they are are about death, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a lighthearted way. It's like a not is this person really dead or are they still alive floating around? Is Tupac still alive kind of way? 
or is it's not like did this kid get murdered or was this an accident but also it's a child me and crystal don't really like to talk about children here on yeah. the podcast we have but it's not gonna be like a big thing that we like to do and we're definitely not going to joke about it yeah i'm not and this is not a joke to me um especially because it involves a person's life um to think that bell's fbi the bell's fbi dad is covering up for his son to me that like i said would mean that hundreds of people would be lying to this day somebody would have and broke. I, yeah, I don't know about you, but I highly doubt that many people can keep their mouth shut somebody, that long. Somebody would broke. Somebody would have drank themselves to death or something. Yes, somebody would have said something. And probably the lie that irritated me the most that I kept seeing that people used was that no one from the school came to his memorial. And that, to me, that's a lie. And to me, to say that discredits the fact that there were dozens of teachers, superintendents, the principal, classmates, friends, other, like, government officials that all showed up to support the family and to pay their respects to them and KJ. I mean, all the teachers said he was a great student. He was goofy and did his work. So that just makes no sense. Why yes, would they why, not? And why would you, why would you lie about that and claim that you were mad at the school because no one came? When people can disprove that, especially the ones that went, you know, to the memorial yes. and were there and there's pictures. Yes. And... But I do think it's very important to pay attention to the facts in this case. And I think that it's, we have to trust whatever this new, inv- new investigation comes up with. If this new investigation says that, look, We've done every test again. We've looked at every single piece of evidence. And think about all the evidence that we don't have. Because you know they're holding stuff back. It wouldn't be a police investigation if they if they released it to everyone. Any, in any case that me and Crystal talked about here, unless there's actual video footage, we are never going to know what happens unless, you know, this was a murder and the other person comes forward. We are yeah. never going... And if, and if this was 100% an accident, we will never know because it was only KJ that was there when it mm-hmm. happened. And he is no longer with us. Yeah. So, I mean, if it comes out that this was an accident, we have to accept that it was crazy circumstances, but it happened. It is sad that your child passed away from an accident, but would you rather some crazy person out there that's killing is still on the loose? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I feel like this is going to be our most hated episode. I feel like people are going to... I feel like people are going to hate this episode because we don't have the stereotypical opinion. But we we research. We don't put our emotions into it. I mean, I'm a parent, and this makes me very sad. And the blood and the fluid and the way it happened... It's all very suspicious. It's suspicious. But there is nothing else that points to somebody doing... If somebody is forcing this boy into this mat, there would be bruises on his arms. There would be bruises on his legs, pushing him down into the mat. And there was none. Even on the second autopsy, one little tiny bruise on his neck. And that could have been from him banging himself back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he could have hit his neck on his shoulder. And or something. Yes, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of unanswered questions, and there's a lot of stuff that we are not going to be able to answer because we weren't there. And also, I'm calling out some of the podcasts. There's some of y'all that come on here, and you make an episode that you think people want to hear, and you say things that you think people want you to hear, and that's not okay. You're not speaking for the people and the victims. You're just literally putting clickbait out. Yeah. 
and I'm not here to put out clickbait. I'm here to do my research so at the end of the day, I feel good about what I'm saying. Because halfway through this, and even yesterday, I told Bethany, I don't like this case. She almost did not want to record today. She almost wanted mm -hmm. to cancel, and I said, Crystal... We will just speak for him, and we don't have to. I said, at the end, we can say how we feel, which y'all know how we feel now. We've kind of been saying it, but it is. this is what we do. We get on here, and we talk about cases, and we are being our 100% genuine selves and using facts and research and putting yeah. we are no bias, just everything pushed to the side. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess hold... Bethany, I don't know 100% what field I'm in. Like, I don't, I don't know if this whole thing was just an accident because there's a lot of stuff that points to it not being an accident. There is. But there's is. a lot of things that, to assume that it's a murder, there's a lot of unanswered questions of, like, well, why is this not here? Why is, you know, why didn't he, if this was murder, why was his body, like, not beaten up? Why wasn't there more bruises? If this was a murder, then, you know, where did this murder happen? You don't just die randomly. More like, people would have saw it. Yeah. Somebody. I mean, it, it has only been eight years. So, I mean, there's still time for people to come out and speak out. And if there are is new um, information, me and Chris will obviously do an update to this and do a second part. Yeah. But this is just how we feel at the time being. Yep. So, that's all I got for you guys. If y'all want to come out for me, please bring it on. I don't feel like there's anything that I could possibly apologize for in this episode because I personally feel like I did my 100% best at just giving you the facts because I feel that as listeners, you deserve the facts in this case and not a fantastical story. Because you can hear a fantastical story about this case on any other podcast. But if you want the facts on this case, I just gave you most of them. If not, if you want more, I can. my sources are going to be on the website. You can click on all 8 trillion of them that I went through. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. That is all we have for you guys today. And I hope the episode sounded crisp and amazing today because... Shout out to my husband. He surprised me and Crystal with a new microphone. We have the Yeti Blackout version, and I hope it sounds great for you guys. And we cannot wait to hang out with you guys next week. Bye. Bye.